Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy, of advancing education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlings Podcast Network. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Kansas City Chiefs late Sunday night, early Monday morning uh, for their most recent win on the 2021 season. But, you know, it feels bigger than that, even if the Bills were trying to downplay that after the game and before the game, really. Just another win. It's not going to win us the Super Bowl and all that's right. But a lot of it means that the road to the Super Bowl is probably going to run through Orchard Park. And we'll get into all that in a second. But first, I wanted to remind you that you can call in your questions to us, 716-508-0405, and leave your questions and comments for the show. You can tweet us at rumlingsq&a, that's with the word and spelled out. Email us, rumlings at sbnation.com. Facebook and Instagram messages usually make their way to me as well, so you can send me your questions there. And there's a lot to like about the game against the Chiefs, but there's also some much, much larger um, implications of the game. Let's start first with my uh, takeaways from the game. These are the ones that I wrote during and after the game. So I had a, a nice little list going by uh, by halftime of things that I thought I was going to end up talking about. And a couple of them um, made their way into uh, the takeaways. So let's start there with Josh Allen was jaw-dropping. It He was just... That touchdown pass, the first one, to Emmanuel Sanders, um, it it literally made my jaw drop when when I saw it. And then I watched it again on replay, and, you know, my jaw was still there. Uh, It just, it was such an awesome pass. And really, he had just such a great first half. Um, You know, he was good in the second half, absolutely. Um, You know, he slid when he was supposed to slide instead of taking hits. And, you know, he was very, very good in the second half. But the first half was just so inspiring. Um, he only had seven completions in the first half, which was, of course, terribly sad, but they were for 219 yards. Um, f- four of four on long passes for 172 yards and two touchdowns. You know, the, the, the scramble play with Dawson Knox, it was a four-verts call. And when Allen was flushed from the pocket, he, um, he saw Knox trailing to the right. Um, a step behind the linebacker, so he pushed him on towards the uh, the end zone. Just a couple flicks of his wrist uh, to to show Knox to keep going deep. Um, Knox got the separation; the linebacker didn't go with him. Allen on the run throws a dime, perfect, so that Knox can catch it, turn and run. It was it was beautiful. Um, he just had so many great passes on the day, so many great decisions, and. Um, you know, it's exactly what the Bills needed uh, to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So he had a, a rushing touchdown as well and led the team on the ground in, with 59 rushing yards. Um, 
And that's before you even talk about the fact that he hurt all the guys again. <laughs> so it just, it was a really, really nice performance from Josh Allen. And it never felt erratic. It always felt controlled. Um, it felt like he was in control. And, um, you know, whatever he's listening to before the game, you know, Frank Sinatra, um, Elvis Presley, he, he can listen to whatever he wants if he's going to play like that. Um, on the other side of the ball, um, you know, we've been asking where's the pass rush for forever into this game. It was the exact opposite. Like, this is great. Where is the pass rush? Um, the Bills only rushed four players on every single snap. They didn't blitz Patrick Mahomes a single time. Uh, Leslie Frazier said on Monday uh, night or Monday afternoon, I guess, during his afternoon press conference that he wrote, be patient at the top of his call sheet just to remind himself not to blitz Patrick Mahomes. And it worked like a charm. The Bills made it a point to keep him in the pocket. And he did escape the pocket a couple times, but for the most part, they were able to keep him contained. And, and that allows the coverage to be a little bit more um, planned out, um, to be a little bit more, I keep using the word controlled. You know, when, when Patrick Mahomes is creating and playing schoolyard ball with his receivers, just like with the Bills, um, it's a lot more difficult to cover them. And so when you can keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket, once those route concepts, you know, run their course or break down, it just becomes a lot more difficult for Mahomes to find an open guy. And he was throwing it into the dirt over and over again, trying to create something where there was nothing. Um, in fact, one of the plays that I, I noticed this on uh, was... Um, going from right to left and I think it was like right on the cusp of the red zone or maybe it was like the 25 or 30 um, and the, the Chiefs were driving and Mario Addison actually did a spin move to the outside um, away from the quarterback just to make sure that Mahomes stayed in the pocket and wasn't able to get the edge and get to the sideline uh, it was just a really 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 nice move um, by the Bills defensive staff and play calling Plus the Bills front four. I mean, they had the horses in the barn to get it done today on the defensive line. They didn't get to Mahomes a ton, but Greg Rousseau had a nice interception. Uh, they had a couple batted balls and um, really just frustrated Mahomes. And, you know, I didn't write about this in my um, in my takeaways, but they did frustrate Mahomes in the secondary as well by bracketing. Um, his favorite receivers by playing that cover too. And what, that's one of the things you get to do when you have seven guys dropping in coverage is that you get to have Tremaine Edmonds and his super long arms underneath. You get to have Jordan Poyer over the top so that Trey White can come up and do a little bit more press coverage. And the Bills secondary was way more physical with the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers and that's why you saw so many penalties against the Bills secondary but it worked it frustrated the heck out of those guys and that's I mean if you're gonna pull a bunch of penalties at least make it worth it and they were able to do that so I was just so impressed by the defense and it all started up front with being able to do what they wanted to do with the front four keeping Mahomes in the pocket um, and really frustrating him uh, I am the one who knocks. It's the tweet that I've been sending out, the, the gif I've been sending out for Dawson Knox all season and, and really into last year. When he has a big play, I love the, the Heisenberg, I am the one who knocks. And man, that guy has been such a revelation this year. I mean, a lot of us 
we're ready we're, we're talking about okay so when are the bills going to move on from dawson knox you know it's his, his third season um this is going to be the make or break year for him and boy is he making it and breaking it <laughs> he's doing everything um that athletic grab um on the you know, the, the leaping ball uh, where he caught it right over the defender's uh, outstretched hands and then fell to the ground was just such a super athletic play. Um, it was a heads-up play on the touchdown that we already talked about. He just, he's just he got a touchdown in, what, four straight games or five of the last seven games as well or something like I mean, it's just crazy numbers from Dawson Knox and from a Buffalo Bills tight end. He's on pace to shatter team records for tight ends all over the place. And so if he can keep this up, and become a legitimate weapon, um, it's really going to open it up even more for the wide receivers. And it's just been absolutely outstanding. He finished with three catches for a whopping 117 yards in the aforementioned touchdown. Um, He found space. Uh, They've been using him on a ton of snaps as well. And um, they really like going with the either three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back look, or... um, They've been doing two tight end looks as well recently. Um, and that allows them to be really versatile because they have a guy like Knox who can get into the secondary and create some havoc even from the tight end position. Um, my negative was that the Bills didn't take advantage of the crumble, uh, the kick return fumble. And I, I don't need to find a negative takeaway, uh, but this is one that I wrote up during uh, the rain delay. Because, I mean, it really could have meant something. Like, that could have been, like, just a, you know, a, a foot on the throat of the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, the Bills had it on Kansas City's 34-yard line after that beautiful Saran Neal force fumble. Um, a holding call uh, negated a third-down conversion. Um, and it was a holding call. I, I, it wasn't one of those phantom ones that we saw all game. I didn't want to write about the refs, and so I didn't. That certainly could have been a takeaway that the refs were just not very good. But holding on, Deion Dawkins negated a third down conversion that went inside the 20 yard line into the red zone. The Bills would have been in business. Um, But then on the next third down play, Josh Allen was called for intentional grounding. I don't know what the heck he was trying to do there. It was just, it was bad. Um, And uh, so instead of being a successful third down conversion, uh, the first time around, it was fourth and 29, and Buffalo had to punt after a kickoff return fumble. It was not good. Um, that's usually the kind of thing we say, well, you're not going to beat the Chiefs if you play like that, or you're not going to win the Super Bowl if you play like that. Obviously, Buffalo was able to overcome it with how great they were everywhere else on the field. But you know, minimizing those types of mistakes um, just so important and uh, you saw it later in the game where you know penalties bailed out both teams uh from time to time in this case they they put them behind the eight ball and then finally the bills uh figured out the third down defense um on that first drive i was really worried uh the chiefs converted three out of their four uh third downs on the first on that very long opening drive that they had um it was a holding call on Tredavious White. Uh, they finally got uh, a pass. Um, or Sorry, Tyreek Hill dropped a pass um, on third and 12 inside the red zone. Um, so they were able to hold Kansas City to a field goal on that opening drive. And so going three of four on that first drive, not great um, for the Bills. 
Later in the second quarter, uh, it was Saran Neal gifted the Chiefs a third down conversion um, after Boogie Basham took down Mahomes. But Neal had obviously been called for a penalty. Um, even in the second half, Ed Oliver went low on Patrick Mahomes for a conversion by a flag. Whether you like it or not, I think it was the right call by the letter of the law. He went, you know, it was at or below Mahomes' knee. Um, even if he was blocked into him, even if, you know, that was just how his momentum was taking him, that's the rule uh, one way or the other. Just like driving Allen into the turf um, was a penalty by the letter of the law. It, you know, whether you like it or not, then this is a different story. Um, but really in the second half, they were outstanding on third down. They got off the field. It's something we've been complaining about a lot, but they were able to do it. Um, Kansas City had three conversions on that first drive, but just two the rest of the way. And they finished the day five of 12 on third down. So that's, I mean, obviously pretty awesome play by the defense. And, and that was my headline. I can't tell if the offense or defense played better in the Bills win over the Chiefs. So um, when we come back, we got a couple questions and a couple more opinions I wanted to share with you. So don't go anywhere. Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. Those with ambitious, out of reach ideas begging to become real solutions. They share a vision for how our world and our lives can thrive when bold thinking meets strong silicon. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy through the power of supercomputing. They dream of trust and privacy for all, of advancing and expanding education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to build something better, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts. Welcome back. We've got a few questions in the mailbag this week. Thanks, as always, for sending those in. The show is really boring unless it has your questions. It's it's Buffalo Rumblings Q&A after all. Uh, so, uh, P. Martz asks us, Allen escaping right and throwing downfield like he did in that Knox TD looks like a WWE signature move that deserves a name. Uh, what would you call that move if you were a WWE promoter? Um, I would go with I'm the one who knocks. It's the GIF I've been using for a long time uh, with um, with Dawson Knox, as I talked about earlier in the show. I know Kyle Brandt, um, who kind of makes a living off of making up nicknames and being a WWE promoter uh, on the NFL media platforms. Uh, Kyle Brandt loves to call him Juggernox, um, which is another great, um, great way of saying it. I think either of those things work pretty well. Incidentally, we do have a shirt over at buffalorumblings.com right now that you can buy featuring Josh Allen and Dawson Knox. It's officially licensed by the NFL Players Association um, through uh, our partner at Breaking Tea Company. And uh, so their names are on it, uh, their faces are on it, and it's them uh, doing the prom post from a few games ago when they... Um, when they did that celebration uh, after scoring a touchdown. So thanks for that question, uh, Pete Martz. Um, 
at Millie Doors asks us, can you discuss and break down some of the penalties thrown against the Bills that continuously extended the Chiefs' drives? We were here at home losing our minds in disbelief at times. Well, I know that Jeff Kantrowski, um, known as a scarecrow, uh, is going to do a penalty breakdown. He does every week. And so I'm sure he'll talk about some of those. Um, I already talked about the Mahomes roughing the passer penalty once. I do think it was the right call based on the rule. Um, It's designed to keep quarterbacks in the game instead of on the sideline and crutches. And so Ed Oliver, even if he's being blocked into Mahomes, um, it's unfortunate, but that's the way the rule's written, and it's for a reason, is to keep those guys on the field. Um, I think the Bills were being incredibly physical with the Chiefs' wide receivers and tight ends, and it was by design. Uh, It was something that they saw the Chiefs do to the Bills receivers in the AFC Championship game, and Buffalo wasn't going to get caught flat-footed again. So they made it a point to be incredibly physical, to do a lot more hand-checking, a lot more in-your-face stuff with the Chiefs receivers. And that was going to get called a little bit tighter than we've seen in the past as well. So the the Chiefs calling it tightly, I think, was what caused the problem, not necessarily the way the Bills played, because we saw the Chiefs do that to the Bills in the AFC Championship game, and it wasn't called. They let them play a little bit more. And I mean, isn't that what we want? We want the Bills to adjust to how to how to stop a, a passing attack like that. And even if they get called for you know, a penalty every once in a while to extend a drive, and we might be like, oh, that's a little bit ticky-tack. Like, we want them playing as close to the edge on those as possible because more often than not, they're going to let the teams play. They don't want to become the story. And so I was okay with most of the calls against the Bills secondary and against the Bills defense in general. Um, It was a little annoying, obviously, as we watched it. It was certainly annoying. I get it. But it was part of the Bills game plan, and I think it was a smart part of the Bills game plan. Uh, I did want to talk about the other side of the coin, though, now that you bring it up. I think there were a couple um, holding calls against the Bills that were a little bit... um, close I'll say and um, well yeah there are two actually the the Travis Kelsey where he pulls down Tredavious White and then uh, Tredavious White gets flagged for pass interference I thought that was kind of a bogus call Um, but in real time you can at least see how that happens it was a veteran move by Kelsey um, more than it was a bad play by Trey White but the Mitch Morris holding call right before the Josh Allen uh, roughing the passer that extended that whatever 96 yard drive that the Bills scored the dagger touchdown on that that's the one that Chiefs fans are complaining about this this morning and have been since the game ended the holding call right before that on Mitch Morris was non-existent even NBC when they showed it and they had been you know kissing the the Chiefs backside all night on that um on the commentary even they were like uh this doesn't look like a penalty to me I don't know why they called Mitch Morris on a penalty Um, And the Bills converted that third down into a first down. So actually what ends up happening is the Bills end up at about the same place that they would have been had, I think it was Zach Moss, converted the the opportunity the first time on third down instead of getting that roughing the passer call. So it ended up working out, uh, but I just think that that call was the worst call of the night, the one on Mitch Morse. But I think for the most part, even now, and the, the penalties, especially on the defense, were 
just part of the Bills defense being aggressive and being physical. And I really, really liked seeing it. And I'll take it all the time if we're going to get a performance like that. So thanks for that question over on Rumblings Q and A. Last one, Brad the Dad. What's your take on the training staff and their sloppy peanut butter and jelly preparations? Do you think Bean makes a move before the trade deadline to round out the fourth phase of the game, the all-important sandwich game? I do not think he's going to make a trade for that. Um, I do think that you'll see a little bit more attention to detail. Um, you know, it takes... We, we talk about being 111, 1 of 11 all the time. And, I mean... We just need the sandwich makers to step up a little bit. And now that they've been put on blast on, on national television, I think you're going to see it kind of round out a little bit better uh, going into the future. Speaking of which, can't go, go wrong with the peanut butter to jelly ratio if you really round it out and get the Encrustables. Uh, you can buy cases of those bad boys down at you know BJ's Wholesale Club um, or a local vending company. Um, just give them a call. They can get you a whole case of them. Um, and they already have the ideal ratio of peanut butter to jelly. So take a look at um, rounding it out literally with Uncrustables. Which, by the way, if Uncrustables wants to sponsor our show, um, my kids love those things. And so you can send me a case. I would love them. Um, throw them in the little lunch box at the beginning of the day. And they fall out by the time the kids get to lunch. And, you know, great. I've got one more opinion piece up on buffalorumblings.com I wanted to talk to you about. Um, it wasn't a great day for the first round running back crowd. You saw how the Kansas City Chiefs defense was completely overmatched against the Buffalo Bills. Um, and it takes me back to 2020 and the 2020 NFL draft when they took uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire instead of a position of quote need or maybe of a longer term position need because they wanted to improve their offense well how much has he been an improvement over the running backs that he replaced not enough to justify a first round pick and a lot of people wanted the bills to do that exact same thing with travis Etienne or even Najee harris uh back in the 2021 nfl draft and i came out really strongly against that uh so you can go read my first victory lap on the subject over at buffalorumblings.com. I posted that on Monday morning. One more thing before we go. Uh, the Bills have taken a commanding lead in the race for the AFC one seed. Uh, football outsiders have them at, I think it's a 57% chance of being the AFC's top seed and a 94% chance of them winning their division. So uh, you can go check that out at buffalorumblings.com as well. I wrote that on Monday morning as well so there's lots of great coverage of of that game um obviously we'll have a ton of coverage of monday night football coming up against the tennessee titans um in a big rematch uh, for the bills last year when they were uh, embarrassed on national tv um, by the titans so uh the bills are not going to overlook this game for sure the bye week is after and so i don't think that they're going to want to stew on on that loss for two weeks so it's going to be really important for them to come 
come out and have a nice showing against the Tennessee Titans. And it would be nice if they could bury them uh, like Tennessee buried Buffalo last year. As always, you can call in and ask questions after that game, 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at RumblingsQ&A. That's over on Twitter. And with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can send us uh, Facebook or Instagram messages to the official Buffalo Rumblings account, and they will make their way to me as well. Please send in your questions after that, because we'll need two weeks' worth of them for the buy. All right, go Bills. Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy, of advancing education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts.